Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The late sequence there, uh, punching in the touchdown underneath the two-minute, going for the touchdown yeah. versus the field goal. It was some debate, but I think out of respect for their field goal block operation, we said, uh, it, let's make sure we have great ball security, but if we can punch it in, um, you know, Karen's on my fantasy team. It's a joke. It's a joke. I don't really mean that. All right, kidding. <laughs> That's the last one. <laughs> Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. And, fellas, it's good to know that Sean McVay is one of us. One of us. Sean McVay gets it. Sean McVay gets it. And, by the way, if he doesn't have uh, Kyron Williams on his fantasy team, he should. Kyron Williams is very good. He had the best inside info to see this coming. You would think. You would think, I would hope that Sean McVay would be a good fantasy manager. In a bit of a moment at the moment, Sean McVay. Team's on a bit of a roll. Looks like they're probably going to make the playoffs, I would expect. They're in the hunt. Uh, Yeah, they're rolling at the moment. They're in the hunt. And they're they're in the hunt in a way where they're actually in the hunt. Sometimes you see (laughs) these graphics. I literally saw the commander. There was a graphic (laughs) on CBS, and it literally said in the hunt, and it had the commander. I'm like, in the, the com- draft picks. Yeah. yeah. The Commanders are currently fourth. If the NFL draft were held today, the Commanders <laughs> would be picking fourth. Yeah. But, but in cor- the hunt but, before But they're off. in the hunt yes. for a playoff spot. That says got- more about the NFC. Come on, uh, stop it. I mean, yes. <laughs> so there are many teams that are listed on the graphic as in the hunt yes. that are not legitimately in the hunt. Yes. They just haven't. Only the Carolina Panthers have been mathematically eliminated at this point of the season. But there are many teams that I can tell you are not going to the playoffs. And my commanders are one of them. And good job by the Carolina Panthers getting eliminated uh, in week 13. Well done, Carolina. There you go. You uh, got, they got rid of Frank Reich. Yep. And then the next week, Frank Reich, you see, yeah. I had you guys in playoff contention. <laughs> but no, you fire me. And what happens the very next week, you guys eliminated. They really should have won yesterday. I was going to say, yeah. it was a little scary. Probably their best, best performance of the year outside mm-hmm. of the win over Houston. Right. Absolutely. So, obviously, an incredible weekend of football. Um, and let's jump right into it. We're going to get to Weekend Warriors, Sunday Scaries, our best bets for Monday Night Football, and all that fun stuff. But before we do, the Roto World Player News. For all your Roto World Player News, go to NBCSports.com. And where else to start than San Francisco, uh, the 49ers traveling to Philadelphia to dismantle the Eagles, quite frankly, uh, behind the arm of Brock Purdy, behind their defense, all of this skill talent. Brock Purdy, 19 of 27, 314 yards, yes, Four touchdowns, four touchdowns, almost 30 fantasy points, Matthew. I mean, this offense was simply rolling in Philadelphia. They looked awesome. They're the best team in the NFL. They're the best team in the NFL, I think, by a decent margin. We talked about this game 
coming into this as well. And Sam Howell may be a future Hall of Famer, but Brock Purdy is very legitimately a future MVP. Jay Croucher, you talked about this. Or you've talked about this throughout the year, but ad especially ad nauseum. <laughs> like, we wish you would talk about anything else. Your daughter's obscure Murphy's <laughs> basketball, but no. It's all nothing but Brock Purdy for MVP talk, including this. Take a listen here. Tomorrow morning, my last shot, the two MVP favorites in the NFL are Dak Prescott and King Brock Purdy. Brock ah, Purdy goes into Philadelphia, so beats Jalen Hurts. Who would have thought that two months so you, ago? Brock so you, Purdy and Dak Prescott. So you're going against my grain right here. I am. That's what I am. Okay, Eagles can't okay. keep getting away from this. Uh, they've been <laughs> admirable, but it runs out today, uh, particularly with clear skies in Philadelphia. Brock Purdy's your full MVP hearts. favorite. Yeah, clear eyes, full hearts. Can't, can't get lose. out. Of, can't, can't get away with this again, Jalen Hurts. There you go. You uh, you called it, Jay Croucher. I did, and woke up this morning to a beautiful sight as I tweeted about Brock Purdy's plus three hundred, the MVP favorite. Brock Purdy is the last pick in the draft. No one knew who he was uh, this time a little bit over a year ago. Dak Prescott, the joint favorite with him. They move ahead of Jalen Hurts. And the reason why I'm so happy about this, outside of having bet on both of these guys, is that these are the two most deserving candidates at the yeah, moment. Right. Every single stat, the way that we evaluate MVPs, yes, record matters, but QBR, passer rating, EPA per play, touchdown to interception ratio, you know who the top two guys are for all of those stats? Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. So they should be your MVP favorites. You know, the funny thing is, though, mm. I didn't think Purdy was that good yesterday. I thought he was fine. Like, he was very solid, but it was a lot of yak, a lot of short stuff. He was way better in games like against the Jags where he's throwing more deep. Against Dallas the first time, he was a lot better in that. But just because of the narrative around this award and going into Philadelphia and beating Jalen Hurts, this is when he becomes the MVP favorite. And look, he was he was great yesterday, but uh, certainly he has had better games. But, he didn't, and, like, but again, didn't turn the ball over, no. took what the defense gave him. Again, like if, if they want to play him deep and give up yards after the catch yep, to right. Debo Samuel, to Christian McCaffrey, to Brandon Ayuk, God bless. Why not? Let them let them do that. It was a weird game plan for Philadelphia. We've talked about this quite a bit. I'm bringing this to NFL for one second, then we'll bring it back to fantasy. But we've talked about how Philadelphia – it's weird to say Philadelphia is a fraudulent team because they're really good. Yeah. They're a really, really good NFL team. But they weren't a 10-1 and football team. No. Right? I mean, again, they got lucky against the Bills. They got lucky against the Chiefs. They got lucky against the Cowboys. Like, Gabe Davis runs the right route. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches a ball. Um, you know, Dak Prescott doesn't step out of bounds at the one-yard line or the Luke Schoonmaker call gets called, in my opinion, correctly versus down at the one-inch line. What a, they lose those games, and all of a sudden they've got four losses versus one. And so they've been playing with a little bit of uh, a fire, if you will. And I think the Niners came in there and said, this is what a complete football team looks like. The Eagles have some flaws. They're still a very good football team. Yeah. I mean, believe me, I'm a Commanders fan. <laughs> I, w- I would kill for half of what the Eagles have. But there's some flaws there, Jay. Yeah, no, there are. And look, with Purdy, the sentiment against him winning MVP was that the team is so loaded and they have all these superstars and anyone could do this. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo never did this. He never played at this level. Nick Mullins never did this, never played at this level. And the other thing I want to focus on is there's this idea that the Niners' offensive line is good. It is not good at all. It is Trent Williams and then just pray for the other four guys. It is reputation. Brock Purdy is running for his life every play. Compare that to how amazing the Eagles' offensive line is. Uh, and look, Purdy, he made the throws he had to make, the, uh, the breaking route to McCaffrey down the left sideline, the third and seven to Ayuk. These are plays that he had to have, and he made them all. And uh, 
in terms of weapons, the guy who really stood out even more than McCaffrey was Debo Samuel. Yeah, friend of the podcast. Dominant. Friend of the podcast. Uh, multi-appearances yes. for Debo Samuel. And it was just in every aspect for Debo, whether it was as a receiver, whether it was as a runner. He gets two receiving touchdowns. He runs the score in, as we just showed you there. I mean, this was vintage Debo Samuel in a nutshell, Matthews. You could use him in so many different ways that in the quick game, you just get the ball in his hands and let him make a play after the catch. Well, what's clear is is that he's finally fully healthy, right? I mean, you're always starting Ayuk. You're always starting uh, Christian McCaffrey, Kittle as well because of the tight ends. But Debo Samuel very quietly now has scored a rushing touchdown in three of his past four games, which tells me, like, again, he's fully healthy. They're starting to use the full Debo, as I like to call it. The Kyle Shanahan using the full Debo. And you always want to go full Debo. Oh, you always want to go yeah. full Debo. Everyone knows that. So, uh, anyway, but, like, I think Debo Samuel, again, continues to be a locked-in starter as well. If you have any one of these 49ers, you're excited about it. And back to Brock Purdy, like, as we enter Monday Night Football, he's the second-best quarterback in fantasy football. All he does is continue to put up points as long as the Niners are healthy. He will continue, despite the fact he doesn't run, he just operates at such a high efficiency, as does this entire offense. He continues to be just kind of a locked-in QB1. Eagle side of the ball here, and this is a narrow offense. Ultimately, Jalen Hurts has a nice game. It wasn't a great game NFL-wise. Fantasy-wise, he gets the rushing touchdown. He, he gets in there. It's fine. Um, to me, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith do A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith things. That was good. In a game in which they only scored, what is it, 19 points? Yeah, 19. Like, the fact is is that you, you got production out of both those guys, but that's about it. This is a bad game for DeAndre Swift. It was a bad game. And look, this Niners run defense, which had been a little bit leaky, uh, they are all the way back. And this defensive line against the run uh, and their linebackers, just the whole operation, you cannot run on San Francisco. My concern for the Eagles is that I thought they played relatively well on offense. Like, they were 8 of 15 on third down. Hertz was efficient enough. Uh, the offensive line was incredible. The Niners couldn't get anything. Like, Nick Bosa had no chance against Lane Johnson. Uh, and they lost by 23 at home, even given that, because the defense just had no prayer against the Niners' offense. Yeah, just they don't have... Other than Brown and Smith, they, they really need Goddard back as well. But DeAndre Swift just 6 for 13. Once again, not involved in the passing game. Just two receptions for seven yards. He goes in the medical tent in the, uh, late in the fourth quarter as well. So he didn't play the full game. But here's a concern. Since week one, this is his fewest touches and yards in a game. He played 42% of the snaps. That's the lowest in a game since week one. Both Philadelphia losses this season, he's played under 60% of the snaps. So that's a concern. And the Eagles, again, have either been uh, winning big or at least uh, tied you know, or, or competitive. When they're getting down, like they just abandoned Swift. Again, there's no passing game usage, which makes them a little bit more fragile than most fantasy superstars. They're on the road at Dallas next week, yeah. a game that will be right here on NBC and Peacock. Just a massive game. I'm a company man. Cannot wait. Very excited. But um, slight concern for me on DeAndre Swift, guys? I think it's justified right now. Yeah, I think so. I Also, like there's a lot of pouring dirt on Philadelphia today, and I get it. They lost by 23 at home to their biggest rival in the NFC. But... This team has been screwed by the schedule. They had to play the Bills, uh, where the Bills had a rest advantage. Then they had to play the Niners, where the Niners have a rest advantage. They played over 90 snaps on defense against the Bills, so I think they were just worn out. And by the way, next week, gonna say. Cowboys have a rest advantage because yeah, they yeah. played three teams in a row that were playing on the Thursday when they played uh, on the Sunday or Monday. So uh, I think that 
they will be better. Uh, and this team is still too talented. And Swift, here's the other thing for Swift. Their last three games of the season, Giants, Cardinals, Giants. And so he's, he's probably going to be a monster in those games. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles, well, after the Dallas game. It's, no, Seattle. The, the Seattle, Giants, Arizona. Um, the Giants, and, then, yeah. and then Giants, I believe. So, but anyway, so Dallas obviously going to be a very tough matchup, but it gets down the schedule. So if you can get into the playoffs, I think you'll still be fine. But just, I probably, DeAndre, so prior to this game, I probably would have said a borderline RB1, and now I think probably more of an RB2. But somebody you're still starting every week, just a tough day at the office for him and the entire Eagles offense. Honestly, not just the Eagles offense, but just the entire Eagles sideline personnel. Just bad day in Philadelphia. Bad day. Well, yeah, for the defense in particular, I thought that that's the real concern is they can't they can't cover anyone at the moment. And we've seen it with the secondary for week after week, and then when you get to San Francisco, it just becomes amplified. Yep. This is, I mean, quarterbacks against the Eagles are putting up massive fantasy points. Think about what Josh Allen. Obviously, Josh Allen is great, and Purdy is great, and everything. But like, Dak's a top three play this week against the yeah. Eagles. Dak's sure. going to be your clear MVP favorite if they win on Sunday night, and then I think it'll deflate because they got to play Buffalo, Miami, Detroit after that, and you'll lose one of those, and then Purdy will rise up. I think, but Dak is in a very good spot to uh, have the spotlight on him. Let's move over to Sunday Night Football. The Chiefs lose to the surging Green Bay Packers, and that's because Jordan Love has been on fire for a couple weeks now, guys. Now, hang on for a second. Is it because Jordan Love's been on fire, or did they lose because every single one of us on Football Night in America picked the Chiefs? Ah, you said it. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, so memeable. But... Uh, For how wrong you were about that, yes. Jordan Love's big night, 267 yards, three touchdowns. I'm sure a lot of Packer fans were thrilled about that, Matthew. Huge game. As you see his last three games here. Jordan They're loving love, love. They are loving love. I mean, he's got now eight touchdowns in his last three games with no picks. Cutting down the turnovers is just a massive, massive difference in his game right now. But it wasn't just the Packer fans that were happy. I believe it was somebody on this desk as well that appreciates Jordan Love and Green Bay's efforts as well. Take a listen. Matthew, you're rolling. You've hit eight of the last ten weeks. What do you have for us tonight? It's been running hot, so hopefully we keep it going. Thank you, Maria. Just quickly before we get there, a reminder about the three play. I like the Packers plus seven and a half in an alt line. Jane Reed over in the receptions. Isaiah Pacheco over in the re- uh, rushing yard with an alt line at 60. All right, my best bet for tonight, Jordan Love over 19 and a half completions. He's hit this number in six straight. And I think as a home underdog, they're going to have to throw. I don't think they'll be able to run successfully. Dylan has struggled this year. Aaron Jones is out. So Jordan Love will be throwing. And I think he throws over 19 and a half completions tonight. Well, congratulations. Congratulations on the bet, Matthew. Also, congratulations on the background music, which sounds like a Tekken, no, yeah, Tekken yeah. Tag Tournament. Yeah. Really beefing up the production for. around you. Yeah, I was. I was ready to head to the club. Run <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my days at Omnia, like you know. But yes, the um, it wasn't that uh, long ago. <laughs> wasn't that, it was last year. Uh, but yeah, the the parlay hit as well. Uh, uh, obviously, the Packers won, so getting the alt line of plus seven and a half work. Jaden Reed over three and a half receptions. He he wound up uh, ultimately with four in this reception. That one cashes. And then Pacheco, 60 plus rushing yards on an alt line. Pacheco had over 100 yards. We'll talk about that. So the parlay cashes as well. You know, the only the only bad thing is, is I have I usually make those picks for DraftKings because they like to promote them over the course of the weekend. So I usually make them even on Friday or early Saturday morning. By the way, if you ever want, you can just go to the DraftKings app and search Barry's bet and it will come up what my what my individual bet is. Um, but anyway, like when I took it, it was like minus 110. And by the time it airs on Sunday night, it's like minus 140. So yeah. the juice is moving in the wrong direction. What are you going to do? But the bet still cashed. And uh, I, am, I am now, for my Barry's bet, I'm now 9-3 and three of the year. 
I've hit eight of my last ten. Um, and uh, I think seven of my last eight and eight of my last ten, I'm nine and three on the year. Okay, for the so you're bet. Lo- locked into a winning record. There you go. the Detroit Lions. So people in the industry exactly. call that a profit. Yeah. If they followed you. If they followed me. They, <laughs> if, if, tail away, baby. Come on now. <laughs> A, benefici- a beneficiary of Jordan Love's big night, Christian Watson again, seven catches, 71 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Jay also gets two carries. I mean, Christian Watson, we know how banged up he was to start the year, but last couple hey, weeks hey. is what you drafted him for. It was, and look, he was a monster against the Lions. It started with the first play that game. He was the same guy last night. He looks exactly like the guy who closed last year as Aaron Rodgers' main guy and the guy that Rodgers trusted most in the passing offense. Now, Hurt his hamstring at the end, so I don't think Which we have clarity on that, but that is kind of the story with it's Christian It's the story Watson. with him. But, I mean, his, his play, Barry, has absolutely aided Jordan Love, who comes into Monday Night Football as QB5 and has been a locked-in QB10 now for a couple weeks. Over the last three weeks, Jordan Love is the fifth-best quarterback in fantasy as well. He's had at least 35 pass attempts in three of the past four. He's had over 20 fantasy points in three straight. And, oh, by the way, look at the Packers' upcoming schedule. They get the Giants this week. Oof. They're home to Tampa Bay. That's not a secondary that scares you. They're at Carolina, and then they're at Minnesota. That Green Bay-Minnesota game suddenly really interesting in a couple of weeks, assuming both teams continue to uh, may, remain relevant in the playoff race, and I think both will. So I do think Jordan Love is like a viable starter. I'm in, a, uh, in my longtime keeper league with all my college buddies. I have my three quarterbacks, are, uh, and it's a two-quarterback league, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and I drafted Jordan Love this year. Yeah. Um, I was able to I was able to grab him late in the draft. Um, uh, and you know, I when I lost Joe Burrow, I'm like, oh man. Now I'm like, okay, I'm good. I got Jalen Hurts and Jordan Love. I'm good, and I got Will Levis as well in that league, um, uh, which is much better than uh, what Christian wants. Remember, I was complaining on Sunday and last Friday. I was complaining about how. Uh, I'm in that league with all my buddies from ESPN, all my, all, you know, and like I've, I got a great team in that league, great team. I mean, like stupid B Rubes is in that team, you know, yeah. our former producer Brian Rubin. He's getting also, mentioned on the show. Yeah, yeah. He's he's had a and resurgence. he texted me, I and know. he's just like he's all excited. He texted me as well. I don't like it when he's giddy. It's yeah, he's right. very happy. Yeah. Well, because he's over the NHL, so he's miserable. Like he misses us, and um, Sorry, uh, he desperately NHL. misses us. Sorry, but hockey. yeah, well, he's a, stupid B Rubes has like an annoyingly good team in this league. Anyway, I'm crushing this league, but I played the last place team. I played the last place in the league, and I need, because of points, I'm going to need to win this league, you know, because, anyway, because it's only four teams make the playoffs, and anyway, uh, the team that I'm playing, this last place team, they have DK Metcalf, yeah. they have Christian Watson, <laughs> they have, like, all these, like, guys that have had, like, the best game of their life, <laughs> meanwhile, my team, Tank Dell, uh, Terry McLaurin mm. on that team, like, it just, I'm going to, unless Jake Browning and Joe Mixon have the greatest game of their life, because I also lost Burrow in that league. So, you know, I had to – and it's a two-quarterback Superflex league where there was nobody. So, Jake Browning's the best I could do. Um, and I have, like, digs on a bye. Like, it, it, awful. So, stupid Christian Watson. Like, great game for him. But did, he could have, like – I wish Jordan Love had passed to anyone else. Why am I so smart? Damn it. I knew Jordan Love would crush. I was right. And now I'm going I'm to miss the playoffs in this dumb league. I'm going to finish fourth, but I'm going to uh, lose out on a tiebreaker. must be hard emotionally for you with all the teams that I'm you're in. I'm in 17 leagues. How do you leagues? feel good right. or bad about anything? No, it's you awful. You just have to be ambivalent. Jay, it is awful. Can I tell you? It is awful because I'm in seven. This is real talk. And then I'll, we'll move on to stuff that matters. But um, in, in all seriousness, right. it's awful. The next game is Miami, Washington. Because in every matter. single <laughs> – yeah, no, Keep going. In every single league that I'm in, <clears throat> whatever, I'm – I'm Matthew Barry, and I'm putting my name in quotes. But everyone's just like, 
you're supposed to win. You're, yeah. You know, like the expectation is that because you're the Chiefs. I mean, about this? I, that's right. Yeah. I'm in 17 leagues, and despite yeah. the fact, like on this team, like I had Puka, I had Tank <laughs> Dell, I I lost Mark Andrews, I lost, I you know, I lost Joe Burrow, I lost Tank Dell, and I'm going to finish, you know, fourth, have a very good season, but because of some bad scheduling, like I'm second in points against, and like. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to make the playoffs, and it sucks. Yeah, and I'll go, play. like, 15 for 17 in playoff in leagues in terms of making the playoffs. Yeah, no, I feel those for Those two it. legs are, like, two – anyway, it drives me crazy. <laughs> People are always like, oh, you still play? Yes, I play. Like, yeah. of course I play. All right. It's probably time for an alias. <laughs> just, yeah. You have 85 yeah, I, nicknames I, on this show. I, I, what I should do, well, honestly, what I should do is just quit these leagues. You know. There you go. I need to get out of leagues with Brian When things don't work out for you, take your ball and go home. Be rubes. All right. crazy. Oh, well, because uh, that keep... makes it worse is when you lose, you know. I know. And I Brian can him. get smug about that kind of stuff, oh, too. So smug. Yeah. To keep your hot weekend going, Miami, love you, Washington. Uh, you know, Ron Rivera back calling the defense, Matthew. You'd yeah. love to see it, especially if you rostered any Miami Dolphins in this game. Tyreek Hill just needed five catches. Is there anything for... we should talk about on the Chiefs side of the ball or no? No, just it's just the same thing. It's over and over. It's the same thing. It's Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey and Pacheco. Right. If he's not going to get suspended. Not any news. And, 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 and no one else. Especially, by the way, if, 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 when Jarrett McKinnon is out, Isaiah Pacheco is an RB1. And with Mahomes, it's like he's like a low-end QB1 That's at this the time. disappointing that, aspect that's the, of it he's all. Just, like, you got to keep rolling him out there. I will say this. Like, I think depending on the matchup, like – Patrick Mahomes is no longer like I'm not even going to think about it. I'm not, like if you had Brock Purdy, oh, give me Brock. Right, right. I'm just saying, like if you had Jordan Love, like there are other. If you had C.J. Stroud, like yeah. there are guys you could easily have. It's just that somebody you grabbed late in your draft uh, when you had Mahomes. That now it's a conversation, and, okay. and so and before you never would have thought it's a conversation. I mean, Again, low in QB one, but just it's no longer a. I don't care about the matchup or who else I have on my team. I'm starting Mahomes. That's no longer the case. I mean, he's in the fantasy tier near, like, what Russell Wilson has been doing he's, the last couple weeks. He's under 20 fantasy points, and that's a high bar. But still, he's Mahomes. He's right, under 20 fantasy points yes. in four of the past five games. Right? I mean, over 12% of his throws were off target last night. He didn't play great last night. No, he didn't look But they can get after him. Like, like yeah. anyway, it's just, right, and, you know, he's got guys dropping balls, and Kelsey does not look like Travis Kelsey again. He's, I feel like Kelsey's getting by on, like, kind of guile and guts and not, you know, as much skill these days. Does yeah. that make sense? Everyone yeah. is focusing on the fact that, well, they, he was amazing last year. He won the MVP, deservedly so. And all that really changed is Rasheed Rice in and Juju out. And Rasheed Rice is better than Juju. But everyone has just gotten a little bit worse. That's MVS is worse. Kelsey's mm-hmm. a bit worse. The offensive line is a bit worse. It's all just gotten a little bit worse. And that just added up to now there's just no explosivity in this offense. Yeah. Anyway, Rasheed Rice, it is, it is nice. 30% target share, back-to-back games, eight receptions in both. He goes eight for 64. So Rasheed Rice continues to be kind of this... Upside wide receiver three. I guess the last right. point would be Pacheco when McKinnon's not playing. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, yeah that's, you get the bump. That's 100. percent That's he, the one he's positive. A, he's an RB one without without yeah. McKinnon. He's an RB two with him, but he's still a must start every single week. All right, I think I've delayed talking about the uh, Dolphins Commanders long enough. We you didn't enjoy Ron now. Rivera's return to uh, calling the defense and all of that magic. It went exactly how right. you expected. I mean, you, exactly. you, had a, you had a great tweet yeah. on the Commanders yeah. secondaries this year. Ron calling the plays, this is me on Twitter, Ron calling plays went exactly how you thought it would. And what I quote tweeted there was a story from Pro Football Talk where Tyreek Hill was quoted after the game saying, like, you know, I basically I appreciate the disrespect. I was surprised when they left me in man coverage, <laughs> you know, but uh, thank you. Like, he literally was thanking. Like they had the, Darrell Rivas out there. Right. Or, you know. I mean, it's un, like it's the most mind-boggling. It's the most mind-boggling defensive call of all time. Like. Whatever. I, what do I know about football? 
But even I know, like, my dumbass is like, you know what? We should probably try to bracket him, try to chip him off the line. Didn't we do this in week one with Brandon Stiley? I mean, like, like, yeah, it's we exact same conversation. Yeah. Like, he's little, like, his Twitter handle used to be faster than Yah. And you know why? <laughs> because he is, in fact, faster than Yah. Whoever Yah is. Whoever you are, you know, he's faster than you, faster than Yah. Like, the fact of the matter is, he's faster than everyone. And so when you are out there in a football game where speed matters, you have to, you have to somehow diffuse that speed using multiple people. But anyway, Ron Rivera coaching the plays went exactly how you thought it would as well. He, um, he threw some 29-year-old kid under the bus as well. He was saying that, like, the interim DB's coach was going to help him out with the game planning. And, like, stop it. The kid's 29. Yeah, like, what come are you, on, Ron. What, I just yeah. the lack well, of uh, that's what drives me crazy about Ron Rivera, who is, by the way, by all accounts, and I've met him a few times. I've interviewed him. He's a perfectly nice human being. He's like a very good man. Like he's a he's a high character individual. But the one thing that will drive me crazy on a football stance is that last year the offense wasn't working, so they throw Scott Turner under the bus, right? Yeah. You know, what I mean, like the defense isn't working, throws Jack Del Rio under the bus, like he draws this 29 year old kid, and it says, "Oh, this guy's <laughs> gonna help me with a game plan." You're Ron Rivera, man. Like, no, like, like I I would just be like. It always feels like when he's on the podium and he says, like, yeah, you know, that's that's on me. Like, it always just feels like I have to say that. It's no, like, yeah. there's no introspection. We're in year four of this. I can't this imagine. is Ron Rivera's fourth year. I can't imagine he's there next year. He's absolutely not going to be there next year. Uh, quickly, Tyreek Hill. Uh, he is still minus 175 for offensive player of the year. He should be minus 600. Like right. he's having, he's on pace for the greatest wide receiver season of all time. I understand McCaffrey's amazing. McCaffrey's having a very good running back season. It's not a historic season. To what Tyreek Hill is doing is historic. The second touchdown bomb, that's a bad throw by Tory. Threw it over the wrong shoulder. Tyreek has to adjust in midair and then runs it in. He is playing at a level that I'm not sure a receiver has played at before. He, the way he bends and breaks the defense is insane. I did the Sunday Night Football post game show, and one of the questions that we talked about on the with uh, with uh, Florio and Devin McCourty and Jason Garrett was, is Tyreek Hill deserving of the MVP? Con- is, should he be in the MVP conversation? He should be in over Tua. Right. Every, everyone else agreed. I said, I said, no, it's a quarterback award. It's going to be Purdy, Hurts, or Dak, was my guess. I said, but he absolutely should be Offensive Player of the Year. Yes. That you want to reward this Miami Dolphins offense somehow, right. and that's how you're going to do it, Offensive Player of the Year. I agree with you. It should be minus 600. I wish Jalen Waddle got more involved uh, than he did here, but he doesn't need to, again, if teams are going to just leave Ty- Tyreek Hill in single coverage. It's unbelievable. I think the big story coming out of this game, other than the fact that, again, my commanders decided to leave the fastest man alive in single coverage multiple times. <laughs> is um, is the backfield the other welcome fastest back. man alive? Yeah, welcome <laughs> back to Von Achan as well. Now, uh, the, if you sit there, if you just looked at the box score, 17 rushes for Achan, just 11 for Mostert. Um, Achan ultimately gets 20 touches compared to 12 for Mostert. You're like, oh, is there changing the guard? I'm not convinced on that. 77% of Devon Achan's snaps came in the second half. 22.3 of his fantasy points came in the second half. Of course, he ultimately scored 25. Um, this game was out of hand quickly. It was, you know, it got late fast, as it were. And so uh, they, they, they rested Mostert. They got HNN. But I think the, cons- the, the positives here, other than the fact that the production was awesome and hopefully you engaged in it, right, because there was some risk um, coming in, was that uh, when the game was out of hand, they still ran HN out there. It's clear that Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins staff, is not worried about HN's injury history at all because they would have, if there was still a little bit of nervous, they would have said, hey, Jeff Wilson Jr., get out there. Game's out of hand. Yep, agreed. And 
It's a strange thing with Mostert because he is RB2 on the season, but I think he needs a very specific type of game to actually succeed now that Achan is back because they need to be leading, but they, don't, they need to be leading by not too much right. <laughs> because if they lead by too much, then they're going to pull him because of his injury history and because they've got three guys. So it's like you need them to be nursing a 7-14 to 14 point lead at all times for him to really provide value now. Just three total receptions over the past six games for Raheem Mostert. He's not really involved in the passing game. So what you're, need, you're needing, you're needing volume and hoping gets in the end zone. But again, they score so much. They like him in close. Like he is scoring touchdowns. He scored against, he scored yesterday. He scored two against the Jets before. They play the Titans, the Jets, the Cowboys, and the Ravens the next four. I do think just at least moving forward, and we'll take this week by week, but at the moment, for if you have Mostert and Achan, you're starting them. I, both guys are top 20 guys the rest of the way, and this one over that one or that one, I'm not sure it matters just yet. Over on the Washington side, not a single fantasy point for Terry McLaurin. Uh, three targets, failed to catch any of them. I mean, this is the second fewest targets in a game in his career, Matthew. Just nothing working for Terry McLaurin and obviously a disappointment. He's had single-digit fantasy points now in four straight games. Um, it's his first career game. This is unbelievable. I mean, like, you know me. Who loves Sam Howell more than me? No one loves Sam Howell. Probably not even no Mama. One. Not Mama Howell loves Sam Howell as much as me. <laughs> but even I got to be like, and, and Howell addressed that after the game. Like, he's just like, you know, to only get three targets to our best player, that's on me. I've got I've to do better. But still, like... That's a, that's a massive failing by Eric Bieniemy, by Sam Howell. Like, there's, Terry McLaurin is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. He has been matchup-proof throughout his career. Like, he's, he's, he's faced Darius Slay at his height. He's faced some of the best shutdown, shutdown corners, and they haven't been able to shut him down. And so the fact that there's only three targets, like, get him open. Figure out a way to scheme him open. And it's just like, he's really, he's, he's one of the most highly paid players in the NFL and on the commanders, and for you only to get three, I mean, like, it's just... That's on Rivera, that's on Bianami, that's on Howell. It's awful. Fantasy-wise, you don't have to worry about Terry McLaurin next week because they're on a bye. <laughs> and uh, we'll, talk, we'll see if they can fix things uh, when they play the Rams in week 15. But um, it's just it's embarrassing. It's they got awful. 11 first downs the whole game. They just weren't – they're just nothing worked. I think you just throw the game out and see what they're like after the bye. Still trust the, the talent of Terry McLaurin, of but – I mean, Curtis Samuel's been the number one guy in this offense two weeks in a row. He really has. It's a, he's, Terry McLaurin is a wide receiver three until further notice, unfortunately. And, you know, kind of borderline wide receiver three, four. Bad day at the office, but again, he just the production hasn't been there for McLaurin recently under BN. And it's just like, dude, get the ball to your best players. How many times are we going to say it? Get the ball to Josie. You know, like, <laughs> it's not hard. Josie reference, Brian Rubin reference. We're playing all the hits. Everyone all the characters. Else, can do it at a higher level. Our next game, the Lions at New Orleans. The Lions had a commanding lead early in this game and then kind of started to fall apart, but they end up pulling out the win on the back of Sam Laporta, who caught all nine of his targets for 140 yards and a touchdown. Guys, I said on this show a lot last year in the offseason, this rookie tight end class will really help reset a barren wasteland. I did not expect this from Sam Laporta this year. It's just remarkable what he's doing in Ben Johnson's offense. Uh, 36% target share in week 13. He now has at least four receptions in 10 of 12 games so far this year. He's on pace for 90 receptions, almost 1,000 yards, and nine touchdowns. I mean, it's unbelievable what Laporta has done as well. We said quite a while ago that he is going to be the, um, uh, that he would, you know, that he was kind of locked in as a top five tight end. And I, Depending on how Kelsey and Andrew, I mean, Andrews is out for the year, and we'll see how Kelsey ends the season, but, like, Hawkinson's right there. Like, 
Laporta's a top four guy-ish. I mean, I think he's top number four, one. Five. Right. There's, a, there's an ar- that's, a what that's where I was going. There's an argument to be made that next year Laporta should be the number one tight end in fantasy. Yep. No, he was I don't know if I'm there just yet, but there's an argument to be made as well. We got a number of questions yesterday in fantasy football pregame about should you use Sam Laporta as a flex? And in some cases we were like yes, in some cases we were like ah, I don't know. You know, I'm nervous about using a tight end and a flex. I do think he has the best shot at a touchdown. I would be lying if I said I expected almost 30 fantasy points from Laporta yesterday. Like, you know, just a monster game for him. What he's doing in Ben Johnson's office. And it is because of the success of Laporta is one of the reasons why the running backs didn't have monster games in a game that they put up over 30 points and, you know, kind of moved the ball at will. Jay, for the Saints side of things, the Alvin Kamara scheme, as we like to call it, in full effect with the six catches, 58 yards, but also helps that he ran for two touchdowns in this game as well. Yeah, I think the takeaway, this Detroit Lions defense is terrible. It's like awful, it is a, yeah. It might be a bottom three, bottom four unit in the entire NFL. Uh, they just have no prayer. And Chris Olave, he goes off as well. Kamara gets the work done. He gets the two touchdowns, does his Ponzi scheme thing of getting the six receptions. So these were actually valuable. I think the story is that Derek Carr goes out. Jameis comes in, doesn't look great. But for me, the big takeaway is that like, you start everyone against Detroit because they have, they have no prayer at the moment stopping people, particularly through the air. They play the Bears next week. They're on the road at the Bears, the Lions are, and then home to Denver at Minnesota. Um, uh, to your point about uh, Kamara, I think one thing that was encouraging, in addition to just sort of the dump-offs, and he had four goal-to-go rushes. Yeah. Right? They're using him in close. That is as many as he's had in the previous four games combined, you know, they get cute with Taysom Hill and they do some other stuff around the goal line. But, you know, a huge game for Kamara who um, heads into uh, Monday Night Football as the number one running back in fantasy. You mentioned Olavi, now back-to-back games with over 110 yards receiving. He's had four more deep targets, two of the last three. Derek Carr, we're going to talk about that injury in a little bit, but... um, uh, if Jameis is going to start for any extended period of time for the Saints, this is good news for Chris Olave. And Taysom Hill continues to be like it's not a traditional tight end, but he's a tight end for fantasy and continues to put up tight end one numbers. And he's a tight end five going into Monday That's what I'm Night saying. Like, I mean, you right. know, he's a top ten tight end. No matter how you slice it, yeah. he's a top ten tight end. Double digit touches, three of the last four. Our final game, the Texans hold on against the Broncos, two teams that have been hot for a long time right now. And with the Texans, their wide receivers were healthy going into this game. Brutal, brutal Tank Dell injury we'll get to in a second. But Nico Collins is the beneficiary of the C.J. Stroud passing attack. Catches nine passes for 191 yards and a touchdown, Jay. This version of Nico Collins with Stroud playing quarterback, I mean, he comes into Monday Night Football as wide receiver three right now. I mean, he's a monster. He may, may well be a top ten wide receiver the rest of the way, given that Tank Dell is unfortunately uh, expected to go on Not injured may. reserve. Will. Yeah. He, uh, yeah Nico Collins line. is he is a monster, and with Stroud playing the way that he is, uh, he has a very high floor and a very high ceiling. Uh, and I don't think he's going to go for 191 yards every week, but uh, he is an absolute monster, Matthew. The schedule gets a little tougher. They're at the Jets this week and then at Tennessee, home to Cleveland, uh, and then home to Tennessee, but 46% target share yeah. for Nico Collins. Third straight game with at least seven receptions on the season. He's the ninth best wide receiver in fantasy football. So he's already on the season. He's a top 10 wide receiver. And my expectation is that's only going to continue to go up after the injury to Tank Dell, which is just, just sucks, man. Like, yeah. I'm just, I mean, you know, again, you know, Tank Dell is my guy. Obviously, hey, Tank Dell drinks free today. Uh, honestly, Tank Dell drinks free any single day he walks into the happy hour bar. We love Tank Dell. I am incredibly bummed about this, as was C.J. Stroud after the game just talking about, you know, how hurt he was. And just, you know, I mean, I think this quote from Stroud was, you know, 
I'm hurt. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. We're all hurt. 17 leagues, I've tanked Dell like in 14 of them. Yeah. Like, so this is a huge loss uh, for me. Not to make it about me, but, um, you know, that's kind of my superpower is that I can make whatever it is about me. It's kind of the one few chance I have. Um, yeah, it just sucks. But what I would think is, here's the other thing that's interesting about this game. Tank Dell goes out. On a weird play, why is he in on a goal line rush? That's, I, that, the, that's the thing. I, I'm going to go on to a rant. It's like 165 pounds. I, on a soaking wet. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he should not. Stupid, stupid, stupid. But uh, Whatever. Horrible for Tank Dell. Get back soon. Get well soon. Uh, we're rooting for you, Tank. We all love you here. Um, as it relates to the, the Texans, the only people that caught more than one pass in this game were Nico Collins and Brevin Jordan. Yeah. So, you know, maybe they get Noah Brown, get him going again, right. you know. Yeah. And, I mean, John Robert Mechie. Woods. John Mechie, John Mechie almost maybe a little bit. Man. But, yeah. like, I don't. I think it's going to – I think Dalton Schultz and maybe what they do is they just start leaning on the run game even more. Damian Pierce has himself a nice game, plays almost 40% of the snaps, which was up from 19% last week, 38% exactly. But all three snaps inside the five-yard line went to Damian Pierce. It's his most carries in a game since week five. You see it there on your screen. Like, not huge game. You know, 15 for 41, but he scores the touchdown, just 10 fantasy points, but certainly better than what Singletary did. Motor did not have himself a day. No, uh, just one catch for four yards because they were just, I mean, it, it felt like the Broncos were basically were weird, but we're, we're going to dare you to throw because yeah. they were just, I mean, they, you know, the Texans weren't able to run the ball, which we thought they would be able to against Denver, and they just passed all over them. Yeah. It's a very strange game overall. Never really found its rhythm. Russ, who's avoided picks all season, throws three of them right, yeah, really uh, in, I think, three and four drives as well. So, right. a bit it's of a strange game overall. Just lastly on this, Connor, do you think Nico Collins can be a number one wide receiver with the additional attention? I do. He's big. He's physical. Stroud is a guy that constantly gives his players a chance to go up and get the ball. I think he's been a more precise route runner this year. The rapport is evident. I mean, Nico yep. Collins, it, it, people are holding on to where he was drafted and how he's perceived when they had nothing at quarterback. And yep. now that they have a highly functioning offense under Bobby Slowick, Nico Collins is a guy that can handle that workload as a top wide receiver. It's been awesome to watch. Yep. Yeah. No, I mean, I, listen, the Texans, that's a really bright future. Yes. It's a really Lots bright future. Like. When you think about Stroud, Dell, and Collins, right. you know, like, you know, whatever with the running backs. And the offensive line. Offensive line, yep. exactly. And, yeah. Two best stories in the NFL this year, both in the AFC South, for mine, Texans and Colts. The, the fact that yeah. these two teams are 7-5 and five and are probably both going to make the playoffs is insane. Yeah, both really, really up. fun. I don't know that there's much to take away uh, other than, then, you know, the confidence we had in Devin Singletary, I think, has to dissipate a little bit. I think we're back to a timeshare with these two guys on the road at the Jets next week. They're both, go- eh, uh, they're both going to be, you know... Flex plays, basically. Touchdown-dependent flex plays. Before we go to break, let's look at some injuries we are tracking. These are the notable Week 13 injuries, of oh, course. It was a brutal week, dude. Derek Carr with the classic three different injuries on the graphic. Not what you want to see. Head, shoulder, back. Kenny Pickett with a pretty serious ankle injury. He is not expected to play Thursday night football. He He's going to miss a couple surgery. of weeks. Kenny Pickett yes. is. Derek Henry in concussion protocol. Ramondre Stevenson with a pretty significant ankle injury. Brian Robinson with the hamstring 
course, Tank Dell's out for the year with a fractured fibula. Hollywood Brown with a heel injury. Christian, Christian Watson, who, when he plays, is effective, but this is the story. Constantly banged up. Mark Cooper has concussion. Tyler Higby with a head injury right now. Yeah, we'll talk about a lot of these tomorrow when we get into the waiver wire show and sort of the replacements and as the week goes on as well. But Pickett's going to be out for a while. Stevenson, that's the Thursday night game. Steelers and Patriots, so unlikely to see Stevenson as well. Ezekiel Elliott could get the uh, run. We'll see about Henry, but Tajay Spears would be the guy if they can't go. Brian Robinson, I mean, that that was a weird one, but he just all of a sudden left. So now you're looking at some Antonio Gibson and Chris Rodriguez. They're on a bye this week again, so maybe there's time to heal for B-Rob and uh, Amari Cooper. That one was a tough one. I have to say, with uh, the Kenny Pickett injury, it looks like so he might miss two to three yeah, weeks is yeah. the expectation. The total on Thursday Night Football Patriots Steelers is 31. That's insane. It's lower than Jets Falcons. Yeah. By the way. Sorry, no, it's, now it's 30 and a half. It's 30 and a half. Down, and it was right. Jets it, Falcons it opened, I think it opened, yeah. at 32 and, it opened at 32 and a half. It's at 30 now. Yeah. And I'll say this. You like the under? Give me the under. Yeah. Right? yeah. I well, kind of like right? the trick. They played it. So the Patriots just had a 6 nothing game where they scored zero points by success rate, one w- way to measure offense. It wasn't one of their five worst performances of the season. <laughs> you know how insane that is? That's they scored zero absurd. points, and it's not one of your five worst. Because they've been shut out earlier by the Saints. They've done right. nothing for so long. Yeah, it's going to be a barn burner. Right. And I mean, like, so, right, right. I mean, like, the Patriots have a functional defense, and yeah. the Steelers have a good defense. I, we'll talk about James Conner in a second. But, like, ultimately, like, for the, for the most part, the Steelers have played pretty good defense, and the Patriots have played decent defense. I mean, again, they held the Chargers to six points, right? But now you've got two offenses that just can't move the ball. Mitch Trubisky versus Bailey Zappi. Showdown. There you go. Literally feels Amazon. like Iowa Northwestern on Thursday Night Football. We are all praying for Al Michaels through <laughs> this way, game. And, and people ask me, why should I bet on sports? Why should I play fantasy football? And I'll tell you why. <laughs> Steelers Patriots Thursday night because you know you're watching. Give yourself something to root for. Weekend Warriors and Sunday Scaries when we return in just a uh, moment. Thank you, betting. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela, you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. Medela, the mark of the fight. Brick responsibly. Beer reported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Get your weekdays started with Bet the Edge. Join Jay and Drew Dinzik as they tackle the biggest games from every angle in the NFL, NBA, and more. So whether you're targeting spreads and totals, looking for value in futures markets, or circling player props, Jay and Drew have you covered with new episodes every weekday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Is there any truth to the rumor, Connor? I don't listen to Bet the Edge, but I know you do every uh, single yes. day. I drive in. I'm just curious. Is there any truth to the rumor that really all it is, the entire show is nothing but them, 
just tailing out the picks that I give out oh, on so Sunday Night Football. Although you're going to go a different direction yeah. up, just as a Brock Purdy hour. Yeah, <laughs> they, that could nah. be it as well. Anyway, just I've been given updated stats. Apparently, I, when I was touting myself earlier, apparently I was I gave incorrect stats. <laughs> no, because no, it, it, because I wasn't. I was using the old stats. I wasn't counting the ones after. Now that the Jordan Love one cashed. So for Barry's bet, for my best bet, I am ten and three on the season. I'm seven and one over the last eight. I'm nine and two over the last eleven. But I'm ten and three over the, for the season. You don't even know I, how to I, properly I, hype yourself. Yeah, I know. I, I shortchanged myself a win because I was using the numbers that were in my mind from before. The Jordan Love uh, won cash. I feel like the pickup line segment we do on uh, Friday. Really good. I feel like it's betting at like 85%. Yeah, and we should actually tally that up. I, Timmy Boyle it goes is on. We have not tracked it ourselves. We should track it. <laughs> yes. It's a really good promotional. We should. Theme. And by we, I mean Penn State Blake. <laughs> yes. yes. Listen, at Penn State Blake, it's not like you have to worry about a bowl game you know, that's any good this year. <laughs> Penn State Blake, Peach, peach Bowl. Ah, uh, yes, the illustrious Peach Bowl. <laughs> All right, yeah, weekend yeah. Warriors. Excited to see you wear a Peach Bowl sweatshirt one day. Let's start with Derrick Henry. 21 carries, 102 yards, two touchdowns. Jay also caught a pass for 18 yards. Because you know there are people out there that do wear the Peach Bowl sweatshirt. How's your voice going, Matthew? Yeah. <laughs> Not great. Uh, look, Derrick Henry, he was great while he was out there. And then he gets knocked out with the concussion. Got absolutely rocked yes. on a hit, Derrick Henry. So it's he's in concussion do. protocol. Uh, so we'll see if he is right. They've got an extra day for the Monday night game against Miami. What but a- it was just good to see him back looking like Derrick Henry, admittedly against an Indianapolis team that is just terrible against the run at the moment. I don't think there's really that many surprising names on this list. Like, you didn't expect A-Chan to be that high, you know. We thought, obviously, you're going to have McCaffrey there. We thought Kyron Williams would get a lot of runs. Chuba Hubbard's a bit surprising. Yeah, that one. That's the one. one. I was. That's where I was going. The one surprise to me that's out there is Chuba Hubbard running back five. Again, that stupid game where I like, again, where Christian Watt, the, the team that's like the crappiest, like, that and got 37 from DK Metcalf. Also, has stupid Chuba Hubbard. Like it's un- like every crappy guy all year long, they all go off against me. It's <laughs> it's outrageous. It's 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 not fair. I'm a bitter berry. I'm very upset. One of these days, mark my words. One of these days, something is going to go right for me in fantasy yeah, football. Yeah, something will go yeah. right. Yeah. One you'll of these finally days, get your break. One of these days, I'm going to get yeah. a break in fantasy football. Yeah. You'll see. Right we'll above see. Chuba Hubbard was James Conner, 25 carries, 105 yards, and two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, him and Trey McBride, just a monster day for Arizona. I did not see this coming at all. James Conner was on my hate list. I talked about the fact that, listen, he's going to get a lot of work. You're still, you still probably got to start him as well. I think I gave him just two beers on uh, Beer Goggles on Sunday morning. I said, we, uh, on Keep It Open, Close It Out last week, I said, keep it open on James Conner, but I'm lowering expectations. Well, that was wrong. I, he looked great, honestly. This was a weird one for me, but 25 touches, four goal-to-go carries. He had four total in the previous three games. All the concerns that we had in terms of volume and especially in close weren't there. They ran the ball effectively on the road at Pittsburgh. Great day at the office for the Cardinals' offense overall. Yeah, it was fantastic. And the Steelers, the Steelers are just good for one of these games once a month, basically, where they just completely roll over. Just a day from hell for them with Kenny Pitt going down, TJ Watt gets hurt as well. Uh, we'll see what his status is before Thursday night. Yeah, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown in this game, by the way, came in limited. He gets zero fantasy points. Who's out there maybe just move as a decoy, but they're running the ball effectively. Maybe it worked out. Arizona's on a bye this week, so hopefully Hollywood gets healthy. We figured out. So there's not much to talk about with James Connor other than really good day at the office for him. And how about Trey McBride, who, if it wasn't for Sam Laporta, would be the number one tight end in fantasy as we enter Monday Night Football. He's now had seven receptions in every game but one since Kyler Murray returned. He's tight end four on a points-per-game basis since he became the starter in Week 8. And you can see why they were like, hey, Zach Ertz, go yeah. catch on with yeah. a contender. Knock yourself out. We're going to see what we have with our year two player, Trey McBride. Great for him. 
I mean, weekend warrior, but career warrior, Mike Evans, Jay. This is 10 NFL seasons, all 1,000 yards in every single one. This weekend, seven catches, 162 yards and a touchdown. Wide receiver seven on the season. Baker Mayfield seems to have a real connection with him. And now they go on the road to Atlanta. But A.J. Terrell got knocked out of the Jets game really early. And his replacements, there's not a lot on the outside for Atlanta. So it's going to be like Jeffrey Okuda. Clark uh, Phillips would be Clark Phillips the third. I'm not he, he played familiar. well, but he's 5'9". Yeah, which yeah, so he can't play on Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Okay, so I think Mike Evans might have a big day against the, the right. Atlanta Falcons. He's, he's, been, he's been unbelievable this entire year. He's been one of the best draft day bargains as well. Other side of that ball, we mentioned briefly, Chuba Hubbard. I think the significant here, like the two touchdowns were crazy, but he's not got back-to-back games with 20 more fantasy points. To your point, this was a game that the Carolina Panthers actually looked good offensively. No, they didn't win, but they had a chance to win. And it was the first game without Frank Reich as the head coach. And the fact that Chuba Hubbard went back to being a bell cow running back, even though Sanders is healthy and on the team, sort of tells you, again, Deuce Staley no longer there. So I think without Deuce and Frank Reich, two former Philadelphia guys that they've had a fondness for Miles Sanders, Chuba Hubbard is a top 20 running back, I believe, the rest of the way. They're at the Saints this week, uh, and then they've got the Falcons, Packers, and Jags the next four. So nice game for Chuba. It's a disappointing November for Puka Nakua, but he starts off December right, Jay. Four catches over 100 yards and a touchdown. He also had 34 rushing yards in this game. I think the story was that he got injured, and it looks like he was done for the season. Like the way he's walking to the locker room. I mean, the way he's walking, oh, he's fractured his shoulder. He's done. We won't see him again until 2024. And then he comes out, and he's breaking 30-yard runs there on the outside. So, look, the talent has always been there. It's he didn't have an amazing amount of targets. His cup is there, and cup looked a bit more explosive and better. But he did have that seventy-yard touchdown. So that yeah, I mean, he had honest. some big plays, and they were taking more shots to him downfield, which was which was sort of interesting as well. They play Baltimore next week, which is tough. But he's had at least seven targets in every game since Cooper Cup returned. So again, you're getting seven targets from Matthew Stafford in a, an above-average offense. That's a good day at the office here uh, for Puka Nakua. Most fantasy points in a game since week four. So, yeah, um, Yes. I enjoyed playing against him as well a couple of weeks. Like, like, he's been bad for – I had a bad day at the office, like, yesterday. Your bets won. That's My bets won. Yeah. My bets won, and I got to spend time with you two. That's you nice know, so there you go. I like that. There nice. you go. That's, That's nice. very nice. That's sweet. Right, what I would have surprising, surprising comment. Yes. I liked it. All right. <laughs> it was uh, plus 800. <laughs> yeah. Sunday Scaries headlined – by Justin Herber and Austin Eckler because, yes, the Chargers win 6 nothing, but <laughs> 6 yeah, six nothing in an NFL it's, it's game. It's a tennis score. Yeah. Eckler, to me, is the big story. It's his third straight game with single good fantasy points. He's been under 70 total yards in four of the past five. He's averaging under five yards per carry, which is the lowest in his career. Like, they're home to Denver at Vegas. I I think you probably still have to keep rolling him out there, but this is bad, guys. It just the, I, I feel like he's playing through an injury. Yeah, he's, he's not, clearly he's not, not 100%. No, no, he's at least 50% of what he normally is. Yeah. Uh, Brees Hall, who also might be playing through a bit of an injury, was on the injury report, but there's just there's no space for him. There's no. nowhere to go in this offense because they're just stacking the box and daring Trevor Simeon, Tim Boyle. It doesn't matter who's there. It doesn't matter, yeah. Hip super, at or before the line of scrimmage every play. Super weird, though. I thought Dalvin Cook looked like a better running back yesterday. I had the fumble. And then he had the fumble. I understand. But it's but true. Just, like but, it, it, that's been the story for Dalvin Cook. He did look better, and then he fumbles. Very yep. frustrating for all of the Jets on offense. Last one on the list, Zach Moss. Uh, he goes 19 for 51, two catches for six yards. Look, Tennessee have a tough run defense. I thought Zach Moss actually looked good. I, I thought agree. he was running well, uh, so I wouldn't read too much into this. Just a tough day against a tough run defense. Yeah, and Herbert still is, is still a QB1, but, I mean, he's a lower-end QB1 as well. I mean, just, they just don't have a lot of pieces on offense for the no, Chargers. They need Josh well. Palmer. Yeah, I was going to say, he's, they're missing he's Josh similar, You know what? He's similar to Mahomes, which is like, you're most likely starting him, but it's no longer a no-brainer. I don't care 
matter who else they have or who they're playing. Like, now you sort of got to think about it a little bit with Herbert as well. Tim Boyle gets replaced by Trevor Simeon. I think that was good for the Jets. Yeah, for three uh, plays. Yeah. I don't know if that matters. Last call and we get back. Best bets, Monday Night Football. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly, plus all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. It is time for last call. Let's take a look at the most bet Monday Night Football props on DraftKings. This is what the public likes. Joe Mixon's rushing yards under 49.5. Jamar Chase receiving yards over 54.5. A couple Jacksonville bets here. Trevor Lawrence completions over 20 and a half, taking a page out of Barry's Sunday night playbook for Jordan Love. Evan Ingram receptions over four and a half. Travis Etienne receptions over two and a half. Jay, what do you like tonight? Monday night football, Bengals, Jacksonville. I like Chase over 54 and a half receiving yards. That's too low for me. But my best bet, Trevor Lawrence, longest completion over 37 and a half yards. He's gone over in four of his last five games. And the Bengals, they give up the most explosive plays in the NFL. Everyone's focusing on Burrow is out. That's obviously the biggest problem. But the other big problem is their defense can't stop anyone. And they give up big chunk plays. Lawrence was throwing more down the field last week in particular. Matthew, what about you? Well, so my best bet is honestly, I just like the Bengals plus 10. I think, that's a, I think that's, a, it, that's a lot of points. I don't... I get it. It's Jake Browning on the road at Jacksonville, but the Bengals still have, and their defense is banged up. I hear you, but still, they still have Jamar Chase. They're getting T. Higgins back. They have Joe Mixon. I I feel like they keep this close. Maybe it's a backdoor cover, but it tends a lot, so give me the Bengals plus 10. I will say this, though. I also like, for Evan Ingram, his line's 47.5, right? Yeah. Every single time, five of the seven tight ends that have seen at least five targets against Cincinnati this year have gotten at least 70 receiving yards. Evan Ingram's had at least five targets in every game this year. And so if you want to take the alt line at 70 receiving yards, it's plus 215 for Evan Ingram. I like the over on 47 and a half, but I like the alt line at either 60 at plus 140 or 70 at plus 215 on Ingram receiving yards. I like the under. The point total is set at 40 in this game right now. I know the Bengals have had some moments since losing Joe Burrow. It's not like Jake Browning is a Tim Boyle type of quarterback in any sense, but I just don't see a ton of scoring in this one overall. I think Jacksonville's defense is pretty underrated. I think they'll be able to play good defense and control the clock. 
both teams are going to run the ball a ton tonight. Yep. On the point about the spread, like if this, if Joe Burrow was playing tonight, I think it'd be like Jags minus one. And so right. you're saying that there's nine points different from Browning to Burrow. That's a ton of points. Back when Aaron Rodgers was winning MVPs, the drop from him to Jordan Love before Jordan Love was apparently like the 10th best quarterback in the NFL like he is now, that move was seven points. So this is a massive move from one to... Yeah, and, and like Jake Browning isn't amazing, but he's competent. He's capable. Like, he's capable. Yeah. Like he's, he's not Tim Boyle. So I, yeah, Sorry, I Tim. really, Sorry, I Tim, really like the Bengals plus 10. Here. All right, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Get better, Tank Dell. For Jay and Connor, I'm Matthew Berry. Good luck tonight. I hope your Monday Night Miracles come through. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace out. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.